Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to sit back and relax. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. That would be me. It is Friday, the 19th day of January 2024. I think I may have said 2023 earlier today on an earlier edition. If so, I do apologize. New years always seem to do that to me. And the more years I spend on this planet, the more I find I make those types of small errors. But it's not like I'm the president of the United States or anything. Anyway, way, way back when, when I was new in the broadcasting industry, had a job at a radio station, was thinking I was going to be the next, I don't know, Casey Kasem, Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh. I used to think, wow, you've got a pretty good voice. Everyone says you've got a face for radio, which meant I knew I didn't have much of an option for a television or movie career. Anyhow, the last few weeks, I have heard my own voice on these recordings, and they seem to be showing me having a little bit of graveliness, or perhaps it's just the long-term post-nasal sinus drip that's getting to my vocal cords. I just don't feel as if I am as... FM friendly as I used to be. But that aside, I wanted to bring to your attention something I predicted a few days ago, certainly a week or so ago. Chris Christie is a piece of crap, a turncoat Republican in name only, and only when it's convenient for Chris Christie, not for the American people, not for the Republican Party to whom he claimed allegiance. Turncoat former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has hinted at potentially now endorsing President Gropey Joe Biden, the Democrat, in the 2024 presidential race, marking a significant departure from his prior support of Donald Trump in 2016. Chris Christie was once a Trump supporter, then turned into a Trump critic because he was upset that Trump didn't pick him for vice president. He's been very vocal about his determination to block Donald Trump from getting back into the White House. You heard me correctly. I told you this fat clown was a traitor, a traitor to his party, to his country, to his fellow Americans. So hell-bent, in fact, on revenge against Trump for not picking him to be the VP in 2016, the fat, jealous, vindictive prick Chris Christie is now talking about supporting gropey Joe Biden. Now, Christie has to know that Biden has done nothing good for the country, but he's so hell-bent on defeating Trump that he would actually cross party lines to support the groper-in-chief, the hair-sniffing pedophile, the guy who caused Bidenomics, who caused 41-year high inflation, and all of the other woes that are befalling Americans. The former governor of New Jersey's criticism of Donald Trump has been a key theme in his now-paused presidential campaign, is what is written in one of these articles. Paused? <laughs> more like, you realized you lost and you didn't get any more campaign support, so you quit. Nobody likes a quitter, Chris Christie. He has presented himself as a truth-teller in the Republican Party, but that's not true. He's actually a lying crybaby. And now he spends all of his bitterness, his angst, his anger, shouting to anyone who will listen to him about perceived threats that he sees Trump might pose to our nation and to the Republican Party. What kind of perceived threats? You mean the possibility of making America great again? Again? 
Come on, fat man, grow up. After your lousy showing in the Iowa caucuses and a difficult time having to realize you had to bail out in New Hampshire, you realize your own path to nomination has evaporated. You're now shifting your attention to doing anything you can to bash Trump and keep him from winning the presidency again. Talk about jealous. Talk about vindictive. And now the little fat loser is suggesting doing something ridiculous. He recently went as far as to suggest that in order to save the Republican Party, it will be essential to not support Trump and rather to back Joe Biden. This is a direct quote from Chris Christie, according to this publication. If you want to save the Republican Party, the way to do it isn't to suck it up and vote for Trump. It's to get Trump beat with a stick. And that's why I am supporting Joe Biden. Christie reportedly asserted this, calling on whichever few Republicans will actually listen to him to join him in this stance. Are you kidding me? Chris Christie, who chose to withdraw before the New Hampshire primary because he saw he had no path to winning after placing all of his hopes in New Hampshire, stated that his decision was based on the simple realization that he had no chance of winning. So instead of supporting someone else, he bashed DeSantis, he bashed Nikki Haley, and now he is threatening to vote and support Joe Biden, the disgusting president who is destroying America. Just like that, Chris Christie has proven to America that he is a piece of trash. This is the Truth Hurts program. A new poll has indicated Joe Biden's approval rating has hit a 15-year low. A record low of 31% now, marking the lowest rating for any U.S. president in the last 15 years. And this isn't a Fox News poll, no sir. This poll by ABC News, a very liberal member of the elite liberal press, indicates that only 18% of Americans approve of Joe Biden's handling of immigration at the southern border. And even worse, 13% believe that they are financially better off since Biden took office. 13%? You mean to tell me that 87% of Americans agree with Steve Z, the host of the Truth Hurts program, that you are worse off financially under gropey Joe Biden than you were under Donald Trump? And Chris Christie wants to support this clown. Additionally, Joe Biden's approval rating on the economy overall was 31%. Handling of the Israel-Hamas war was 26% approval. Let's put it into perspective. If you put 100 people in a room, only 26% approve of the way Biden is screwing up with Israel. Only 31 out of that 100 people approve of Bidenomics. Only 13 out of 100 of those people in the room would say they're better off financially. And only 18 out of that 100 people in the room approve of Biden's handling of immigration at our southern border. Wow. That means 31% approve of Bidenomics. Now, claims from Biden are that he's all about the democracy. But you see, in a democracy, Mr. Biden, the majority rules. And in your case, Mr. Biden, the vast, overwhelming majority does not approve of your handling of, well, just about everything. So if this were a true democracy, and it's not, by the way, it's a representative republic, but if it were a true democracy, Mr. Biden would have been shown the door a long, long time ago. And the parts that the Democratic political party and the Biden administration don't want you to hear about, 
so they simply don't poll on them anymore or report the numbers, are that Biden also scores extremely poorly on his mishandling of the deadly Afghanistan withdrawal, on foreign relations in general, on crime, on the border disaster, on wokeism, on baby murder, on crime again in general, and of course on the Biden-caused systemic racism sweeping the nation. They don't even poll about his mental midgetry, uh, dementia, or his constant continuous patterns of lying to the American people. Those topics are so taboo in the polling world because they would be disastrous for Joe Biden, so they don't even mention them anymore. Jimmy Carter is sitting in Plains, Georgia today, mourning the wife that just passed away, but grinning through his big old teeth, thankful to the Lord God above that Joe Biden is the worst president in the history of the country and that Carter's legacy is safe, knowing he no longer holds that title. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, the guy who says the Republicans are disenfranchising Americans of certain ethnicities, has decided to one-up that claim and take the mantle of disenfranchiser in cheat one step more. Joe Biden and the Democrats have gravely warned America that democracy is on the ballot in 2024. But if that's so, why are they disenfranchising Democratic Party voters in the New Hampshire primary? And how is he performing so poorly there anyway? Oh, the party of Jefferson and Jackson is punishing the Granite State because they refuse to allow South Carolina to take its place as the Democrats' first-in-the-nation primary. And the punishment is votes for Democrats in that state simply won't count. This is, of course, the very definition of disenfranchisement. The hopes in Biden land were that this decision in New Hampshire would make the nation ignore the primary. But a pesky young Democrat Party congressman from Minnesota by the name of Dean Phillips might just make Joe Biden and his team regret the rash, idiotic, anti-democratic strategy. New Hampshire ignored the Democratic Party, in Biden's opinion. They are holding their first primary, as usual, even if it doesn't count in the Democrat Party. And not only that, but by his own choice, Joseph Robinette Biden is not even on the ballot there. But Dean Phillips is, my friends. And he is hoping to send a crystal clear message to gropey Joe Biden. Don't mess with New Hampshire, because you tried to play sneaky boy. Now Biden's name is officially off the ballot, but some nutjob Democrats there might try and write his name in on the bottom line, if they can read and write well enough to do so. Hey, I wonder if there's going to be a controversy in the Granite State similar to those hanging chads and dangling paper shreds and smudges of the 2000 election in Florida that put George W. Bush into office. Joe Biden insists that democracy is on the ballot this year because people like democracy a lot more than they like him, Joe Biden. The bigger statement here is, of course, Biden is admitting such truths out loud, whether intentionally or by just another Biden gaffe. History tells us that incumbent presidents who flounder in the New Hampshire primary do not get second terms. Let's hope so, for the sake of democracy. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. I just read something that was kind of shocking to me. Sports Illustrated shutting down? Oh my goodness, what will teenage boys use as whacking material if the swimsuit edition ceases to publish? Oh yeah, free internet porn everywhere you look. Following through on their warning earlier this month, Authentic Brands Group has revoked Sports Illustrated's license to publish due to a missed payment. As a result of the move, 
the entire staff of the 70-year-old print and online publication Sports Illustrated was notified on Friday today that their jobs are being eliminated. An internal memo said some workers will be terminated immediately, others will continue working during the notice period legally required of the employers. All affected employees of Sports Illustrated will get severance pay, the memo says. Wow. I guess it was bound to happen sooner or later. Let's talk about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. The lie, the joke, the pandering political ploy to extort things from people, places, and institutions, all in the name of a falsehood, a fairy tale, a fantasy. Every single time, not just some of the time, but every single time DEI is scrutinized, it is found to be flawed at best and corrupt at worst. Every single time. Let's say you're planning on flying on a commercial or private airline in the United States. Don't you want the person responsible for flying the airplane, you know, the pilot, to be qualified, trained, experienced, and capable? Well, of course you do, if you have common sense. But the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, thanks to gay Mayor Pete and gropey Joe Biden, well, they think that capability, experience, qualification, education of your pilot should be a second priority. The first priority in their feeble minds is how many pilots are black or Hispanic or Asian or transgender or fatties or bald-headed people or other minority special interests that are being served in selection of the pilots who fly in the not-so-friendly skies. Yep, in the minds of people like Biden and Buttigieg, qualifications don't matter as much as checkboxes on DEI checklists. Unfortunately, the same reasoning, or lack thereof, is at the forefront of all of the questions about the lie of DEI. And now, that same sick, twisted ideology is at the forefront at medical colleges and universities, not to mention hospitals and clinics themselves. Now, I'm sorry, my Truth Hurts program listeners, but I could give a rat's tight, narrow, furry little ass less whether the doctor performing microsurgery on my brain is gay, transgender, fat, black, bald, dresses in drag on a Friday night, pretends to be a dude, or even a pedophile. As long as my surgeon is qualified, educated, capable, and experienced. At the renowned Johns Hopkins medical team, there is a DEI program run by, you guessed it, a quota hired Blafrican American, 13% hyphenated American female who created a toxic culture in the institution by declaration that, in true racist fashion, all white people, all Christians, and all men are quote unquote privileged. A watchdog group who focuses heavily on the medical field called Do No Harm condemned Johns Hopkins recently in their empty apology after their DEI representative, Dr. Sharita Hill Golden, sent a staff-wide memo last week defining privilege as, quote, unearned benefits given to people who are in a specific social group, unquote. Guess what social group she's talking about? Christian, straight, white men. How very rude and very racist of her. But she, being a Sharita, so she can say anything racist she be wanting to, at least that's what she be thinking. Christina Rasmussen is the executive director of the organization Do No Harm. She told the New York Post, quote, 
Johns Hopkins needs to completely eliminate their DEI department and channel those resources toward the primary objective of preparing the next generation of healthcare professionals to give the highest quality care to all patients. They have created a toxic culture rooted in a DEI ideology that demonizes and indoctrinates the very students they're tasked with training to become the next generation of medical professionals. Their weak apology is simply insufficient, and our campaign is focused on raising awareness about the discriminatory ideas being taught to students and the hostile workplace imposed on employees. The group has hired a mobile billboard, a truck, with billboards all over the front, the back, and both sides, and it's currently driving through the nation's capital with a picture of the dead-eyed DEI diva and the New York Post headline clearly displayed. Along with this, the message says, Johns Hopkins, racism is still racism, even when a DEI officer says it. Ouch! The truth hurts, Johns Hopkins, but when it comes to your health in this instance, the truth could maim or even kill. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. The windy city of Chicago is seeing busload after busload of illegal trespassing migrants being dropped off in their so-called sanctuary city, and they don't like it. That's like telling New York City to throw a tarp over Lady Liberty in the harbor. The city of Chicago has passed an ordinance that requires bus companies to stop dropping off passengers, if they're illegal migrants. And now one of the bus companies being paid to drop off illegals in Chicago is suing the city. The Texas bus company has launched a lawsuit against the city of Chicago saying that an ordinance requiring them to stop dropping off migrants violates the United States Constitution and the Illinois State Constitution. Wynn Transportation LLC is requesting declaratory judgment and injunctive relief from the city of Chicago according to a lawsuit that was filed on the 5th of January this year. The lawsuit is in response to a December ordinance which warns that buses will face seizure and impoundment for unloading migrant passengers outside designated hours and locations and or without a permit to do so. Violators can face $3,000 fines in addition to towing and storage fees. Wind Transportation's already had one of their buses impounded by the city, according to NBC News. Bus companies must also provide advance notice and receive approval from the city before dropping off migrants at the city's designated landing zones, according to the ordinance. The city says companies are now no longer communicating about where they're dropping off migrants to avoid the penalties. The problem is the ordinance itself is unconstitutional. A city can no more tell a bus company to stop dropping off passengers than it can tell Domino's to stop delivering pizzas because the mayor doesn't like the smell of cheese and pepperoni. This lawsuit reads, quote, rather than welcoming migrants and giving them sanctuary, Chicago is turning its back on those wishing to travel here by enacting an ordinance that targets the transportation companies that transport migrants from our southern border to their desired destination, Chicago, in violation of the plaintiff's constitutional rights. The ordinance violates the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution and that it infringes on the rights of federal government to set immigration policy. It also says the ordinance violates the Illinois Constitution's prohibition of special legislation. This case, my friends, is about allowing immigrants the opportunity to call the Democrat-run windy city of Chicago home. This is the Truth Hurts program. All right, Biden makes a mistake and calls Donald Trump President Trump not only once but twice and had to correct himself. Now, I call Donald Trump President Trump 
just like I called George W. Bush President Bush. I'll call Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama, former President Obama from time to time, and that is my right to do. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, made a mistake and called Donald Trump, his likely opponent in the November elections, President Trump. In a recent interview with reporters, upon arriving back at the White House after a trip to North Carolina, Biden called his rival President twice before correcting himself and saying, former president. The first time asked by a foreign TV network about Trump's victory in the Republican Party caucuses in Iowa, Biden said, quote, I don't think Iowa means anything. First of all, that's an insult to Iowa. Wow. How'd you like to be a resident of the state of Iowa to be told Iowa doesn't mean anything? How insulting. But Joe Biden said, quote, I don't think Iowa means anything. The president got like 50,000 votes, the fewest votes anyone who's ever won the election has ever had, unquote. Of course, Biden got zero votes. And weather kept most people in Iowa home with ice and sleet, snow and sub-zero temperatures. But then again, when asked about voters of Arab origin who have expressed that they will not vote for Joe Biden because he supports Israel's war in Gaza, Joe Biden replied, quote, the president, uh, the former president, wants to ban Arabs from entering the United States. I'm not sure how much he understands about Arab populations, unquote. Well, it is true that Donald Trump does want to keep illegal immigrants, including illegal unvetted immigrant Arabs from entering the U.S., Biden seems to want to welcome in everyone without checking on a single person to see whether they're a criminal, a rapist, a robber, a murderer, a disease carrier, a terrorist. The media never reports on that, though, do they? Meanwhile, American Bridge, traditionally involved in opposition research against Republicans, is now focusing on a new task, curbing the influence of third-party candidates that might pose a roadblock to Joe Biden. Worries about third-party candidates, particularly from groups such as No Labels or Robert F. Kennedy Jr., have led to the hiring of Mark Ilias, a prominent elections attorney. The role of American Bridge has now become vital to protect Biden's prospects in the upcoming election. Biden's allies are also pressuring donors and potential third-party candidates to withdraw their support. The group's focus is currently on scrutinizing and potentially legally challenging third-party campaigns in an effort to stifle third-party influence extending beyond American Bridge. No Labels, a political action committee with no candidates announced yet, claim that Biden's allies are engaging in an illegal conspiracy to intimidate supporters and donors. To date, No Labels has raised over $60 million and seems to be making headway in states that are crucial for election outcomes, despite not having a single named candidate on their empty ballots. Senator Robert Kennedy, with a super PAC backing, is planning a significant investment to secure ballot access in all 50 states and territories. Third-party candidates, as you know, have historically influenced election outcomes without necessarily winning the office themselves. Democrats fear a repeat of history, where a split in Democratic votes that went to third-party candidates might once again benefit Donald Trump. This is the Truth Hurts program. Ah, Bidenomics, the gift that keeps on taking. The publication known as the Financial Times reports that only 14% of American voters believe that they are better off financially now than when Joe Biden took office, according to their recent poll. Remember, I told you a little while ago, the numbers coming out of ABC News, 13% feel that way. 
According to the Financial Times, 70% of voters think Biden's economic policies have hurt the U.S. economy. 26% of respondents said his policies either had no impact or helped. The article from the website Go Banking Rates asks an ignorant question, presuming the economy is doing well. But despite reality proving otherwise, in an article they write, The question remains, why do many Americans feel gloomy about a positive economy? A positive economy? From what fairy tale book are you reading? Positive? Where? This article points out five things. Number one, it says housing costs are extremely high. Well, there's a big old duh. Under Bidenomics, everything costs much more than it did under Trump. Like the orange man or hate him personally, I don't care. My wallet was much fatter when Donald was in the White House. Their second point was inflation is still rampant. A big old duh there too. Yes, it is. Despite the left constantly lying and telling you that inflation due to Bidenomics somehow doesn't exist, it is a thing. It does exist. Just ask your drained savings account, your empty wallet, your ballooning credit card debt. Ask why a smoothie costs twice as much today as it did four years ago. Hell, even Joe Biden was confused when he saw the price of a single smoothie. I guess he remembers when it used to be a quarter for a milkshake. People, according to this article, just need to adjust from rapid economic change. I guess, according to this article, we should just suck it up, Buttercup. I disagree. We need to turn back prices. The rapid economic change that this deluded author refers to is a fancy cover-up word for Bidenomics, Bidenflation, Biden high interest rates. We need to adjust? How about Biden making some adjustments? Or Yellen? Or Powell? The next item, number four on their list, was there are just high expectations here. Well, of course there are. When you look back to a period of time just four short years ago, things were positive. Every American felt more at peace in the world. We weren't involved in wars and foreign lands like we are now. There weren't constant reminders on TV 24-7 about massive illegal immigrant invasions, wars breaking out around the globe, Bidenomics, Bidenflation, massive crime waves, rampant stupidity surrounding race and gender. Back then, we experienced greatness, so we expect greatness. That's why we have high expectations, especially if we hope to get Donald Trump back in office, especially from the greatest nation the world has ever known. Our expectations are high because we saw it, we felt it, we lived it. And Joe Biden has spent the last three years tearing it all down, locking it down, masking it, vaccinating it, destroying it. And now the fifth item in this article, the media hypes up bad news. Wait, what? The media covers up for Joe Biden, for every one of his lies, gaffes, foreign business dealings, criminal family activity, policy disasters, manufactured history, missteps, gaffes, lies, fake stories, disasters. The author of this said the media hypes bad news. Wrong. The media is lying daily, telling people that Bidenomics is great, there is no inflation, there is no border crisis. Telling people that white Christian straight men are inherently evil and privileged and everything is racist. Oh, and he's going to fix the mess he created, just like he fixed COVID. We just need to give him four more years, right? Wrong. The final paragraph in that article begins, Overall, Americans seem to still have a generally negative view on the economy. Well, of course they do. It's not gotten any better under Joe Biden. This is the Truth Hurts program. Finally, I'm looking at Hertz rental car once again. 
They keep changing their excuse making for why they dumped over 20,000 electric vehicles. But in an article I read today, I found Hertz sells 20,000 Tesla and EV rental cars because customers, quote, can't stop crashing them, unquote. The car rental giant explains that part of their reasoning for the decision to dump EVs is drivers are crashing electric cars at a much higher rate than they crash gasoline cars, increasing financial burdens since they're much more expensive to repair or to replace. The dangerous trend isn't limited to the vehicle rental market either. Data is showing that motorists who switch from gasoline to electric powered vehicles have similar problems of increased crashing. On average, insurance claim rates rise 14.3% after a driver transitions from a gas car to an electric car. And the severity of those damage claims is 14.5% higher than a gasoline car. Electric vehicles like Tesla also have higher 0 to 60 mile per hour acceleration. And this creates control loss and increases the severity of damage claims. Electric cars also speed up without the typical rum rum sounds associated with quick acceleration from an internal combustion engine. They claim this could possibly result in drivers being unaware of how fast they're actually going. My friends, they'll make up any excuse. The bottom line is this, it's all about money and Hertz was losing their ass in the electric vehicle market. I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hertz program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I do apologize if you are offended, but hell, I'm speaking the truth, so therefore, I retract absolutely nothing. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2024, The Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, The Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautics.